Can you? Whoa! Amen, church. We went from one extreme to the next, didn't we? All I wanted to say was, "Welcome to the Church of God. Welcome to New Beginnings Church." We're asking Him to come in here and move and turn our worship into revival. That's what we're here to do. It doesn't matter whether my my mic works or not. It's all about God's presence in this place. And it's so good to be here worshiping with you in this place because God will move whether the mic does or not. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship. Oh, so come. Oh, so come. Move. Let justice roll like a river. Let worship turn into revival. 
justice roll like a river Let worship turn into revival Lord, lead us back to The same God who never fails, He won't fail me now. He won't fail me now with no waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will. Come on, lift you high in the Fail me now, you won't fail me. 
Yes, I will. Surrender. Yes, I will. Choose to praise. Yes, I will. Lift you high in the lowest valleys. Yes, I will. Glorify your name. Yes, I will. When my heart is heavy, yes, I will. Because you're so good, Jesus. Hey, church, God is good. Amen. God is good. And all the time, yes, he is. Let's continue to worship his name today. Yes. Let's sing it together. Amazing love that welcomes me. That's right. Come on, sing it. Then bought with blood, wholeheartedly, my soul undeserving. God, you're so Sing it with us, say, God, you're so
Redemption, this life brings suffering. Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me, both now and forever. Lift your voice with me together from the depth of your heart and say, God, you're so good. Come on. Let them know. God, you're so Oh, yeah. Sing it. Come on. God, you're so God been good to you, church. Come on, lift up a shout of praise as the Lord has been good to you. Come on. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, so full of joy, Lord, so full of excitement, God, because we know that you have been good to us, God. We thank you for this breath in our lungs. We thank you for this beating heart, Lord. We thank you because this morning we're here with our brothers and sisters, God, celebrating your goodness, celebrating your kindness, celebrating the amazing things you've done for us, Lord. And Heavenly Father, it's with your goodness in mind that I pray your goodness on the hearts of every single person here in this room, both in person and watching online. God, I pray your goodness for the streets of the city of Albuquerque. I pray your goodness for the state of New Mexico, for the United States of America. God, we pray that your goodness overflows over and over and over again, beginning here with our hearts, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for who you are and what you're doing in in our hearts, Lord, in this place, for what you are, God. And it is in your precious and holy name we pray.
All God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, church, let's take a moment. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning. All right, we'll let the extroverts get back to their seats real quick. <laughs> How we doing this morning, church? Doing good? Man, me too. I'm so excited to be here. And look, there's so many of us here. Steve's here, Anthony and Vivian. Man, just so many of us. I am so excited to be here this morning, church. If, you don't, if we haven't gotten a chance to, to meet yet, I'd love to change that after service. My name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. And before we get started with anything else, we just got a couple quick announcements for you real quick. Uh, who here has been a trunk or treat uh, before? Anyone here has been around to our trunk or treats? A few of us, yes. So, you know, trunk or treat is the event of the season right now, man. I'm so excited for it. It's happening this coming Saturday at 6 p.m. here at our New Beginnings Church parking lot. Not only is it going to be our kind of gift to our church, our community to, you know, have a good, safe spot to go and have some candy, have some fellowship, but more than anything, church, it's an evangelistic opportunity. Are you with me? You know, we can invite... Invite all the kids, invite their cousins, invite the nephews, invite the, the cousins, nephews, dogs, sisters, friend, all of them, you know, everybody that you know, it's going to be a great time. Not only are we giving out candy, we're giving out Bible tracts, we're giving out blessings at this event, church. And so I know what everyone's wondering, do we still have time to donate candy? And, and of course, the answer is yes, we are still taking candy donations for Trunk or Treat. So if you have the time, the availability to do so, and you still want to do that, uh, you can always drop off candy at our office during, our, during the week. Uh, you can get, also get a hold of myself, Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, uh, Sister Jessica over in, in, at NB Kids. Ask how you can donate, how you can give, even if you have a couple of bucks that you want to donate to uh, Miss Jessica today, so that way she can go out and buy some candy. You can go ahead and do that also. But church, we're so excited for this event, so we really hope that you'll be there. Again, that's this Saturday, Trunk or Treat at 6 p.m. Another thing that's happening, church, that I'm really excited about is our small groups and classes. Uh, for all of our men here in the building, uh, we know we, we love our men's breakfast. We love our men's retreat. And we have another thing, thing that we can add into our rhythms of fellowship called our men's Bible study. It happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. right here at the church. Uh, both Joshua Manker and, and Pastor Richard himself have been working really hard on it. And it's a fantastic opportunity to let that iron sharpen iron. And for me personally, as a guy who's always looked to the men's group, to these groups, for, hey, how do I do this whole life thing? I can tell you already, it's a blessing just waiting for you to go get it. So six o'clock on Thursdays, guys, I'd highly encourage you to join us on that. And for all my 18 to 25-year-olds, I know there's a few of us in here. We've also got something for you guys. I'm really excited. Something for us, because that includes me too. On the first and third Thursday of every month, we'll be meeting right here in the sanctuary, 18 to 25-year-olds. Our, our brother, A.J. Cully, he's normally up here leading worship with us. He's the guy that's taking the lead on that, and we are so excited to see what happens with that. And from already, the, the, from the first day alone, it's been a blast, man. It's a great group of young adults who are just hungry for Jesus, excited to learn and grow, and I would highly encourage encourage you to, to pull up to these events. Again, for the men's, that's Thursdays at 6 o'clock uh, right here at the church. And for the young adults, 18 to 25, that's first and third Thursday of the month right here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. 
And church, uh, next Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays of the month. We got Baptism Sunday happening next week. Yes, I am so excited for Baptism Sunday, church. If you recently gave your life to Christ, or say, you know, maybe, and by recently, because, you know, us Hispanics recently could have meant 10 years ago, too. And so if you've recently given your life to Christ, and whether it's like, you know, life got in the way, haven't had a chance to get baptized, whatever it is, you can still get baptized. We highly encourage you guys to sign up. You can get a hold of us at our office, on our website, nbcabq.com forward slash events. We have all the info on there. You can even find it on our NBC ABQ app. And if you have more questions about baptism, what it is, all that good stuff, feel free to reach out to me. Reach out to Pastor Richard, anyone on staff here. We'd love to share with you more about what it is. But again, that's this coming Sunday, the 30th, happening right after second service and church. I just want to say, uh, as the guy who does a lot of these baptisms, I teach a class sometimes, I, I dunk the, the people on the baptizer. I love you guys so much for being around and encouraging our new brothers and sisters. And so I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Let's celebrate with our family that are getting baptized next week. And another thing, church, that I'm really excited about, don't worry, this is the last one. Um, we already talked about the, uh, about the men's group, but Sisterhood is also doing something very soon. We're so excited for that. On November 5th, uh, we'll be having Sisterhood here at 10 a.m. That's a Saturday right here at the church, and our very own Pastor Cindy Mansfield will be bringing the word, and we are so excited for that. Church, uh, if you haven't already been a part of Sisterhood, I, like, just from, you know, I haven't been because... As you can see, I'm not a sister, but uh, I haven't been a sisterhood, uh, but from what I've seen, the pictures of the stories that I've heard from the conversations I've had, it's not only one of the best events that we do at the church. I'd argue in the city of Albuquerque, this is where you've got to be, man. Invite your sisters, invite your cousins, invite your, your daughters, invite your family, because when, when the women of God, when the men of God, when the people of God get together, amazing things happen. And so we're so excited for all these things that are happening, church. And none of this would be possible, though, without your continuous faithfulness and your tithes and offerings. Church, thank you for being good stewards of the, the bit that God has entrusted us with. And just as a reminder, we have several different ways to give. We have our text to give. We have NBCABQ.com forward slash give, our NBCABQ app. And all those online uh, uh, different ways to do it, the ones, all those online ones, they're fast, they're safe, they're secure. You don't get any spam texts or any of that. You get your quick little receipt and you call it a day. It's fantastic, and that's how I like to give. Um, there's also, we have tithing boxes located at all four corners of the sanctuary, so for whatever works for you, church, we're here to help. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of what God's doing through New Beginnings Church, and would you help me welcome Pastor Richard Mansfield to the stage this morning? Thank you all so very much. Man, Friday was an amazing gathering there at the convention center. For those of you that missed it, uh, man, I tell you, it's been an amazing weekend. Uh, the church has spoiled Cindy and I tremendously, and we are incredibly humbled and just grateful for everything. Uh, I just want to give you, uh, some people have asked me about an update on my hip. I did have an MRI and they told me I have to have a total hip replacement. They said what I have is severe, severe arthritis, which is weakening the hip joint as the socket. And then the ball joint uh, has four spurs on it, and that's grinding into my hip. So it's been incredibly, incredibly painful. But God is so wonderful because I was not, 
I'm, I have an appointment right now to see the surgeon, but not till January the 6th. So between now and then, it's like, ay, ay, ay. But uh, so I happened to mention that, and two people in the congregation came up to me after service and said, Pastor, well, one of them during service, uh, I thought he was taking notes like I was on my phone. He was talking to the doctor because he knows him personally. He said, would you get my pastor in this week? And he said, yes. And I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> and then these three sisters that come to church here, they always sit right behind me. And she came up to me and she said, Pastor, I'm the scheduler. I'm going to schedule you in Monday or Tuesday. And I'm going, God is so good. <laughs> God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Man, he spoils me. Like I told you all the other day, God loves you all so, so, so very much. But he loves me more. <laughs> oh, that's all messed up. I know it's not true. Calm down, calm down. Hey, listen, one of the greatest joys over 40 years is seeing people come to Jesus Christ and start growing in the Lord and being used of God. But an even greater joy is when God calls those people and they start elevating to a whole different level of life. And one such man uh, came from California, found his way into the doors of our church and gave his life to Christ. And God, he had a hunger for God. And he started learning and growing and growing and learning. He went off to finish his degree at UNM and then got his master's in business. And so he has his MBA from the School of Business here, Anderson School of Business. And then God called him in the ministry. And uh, now he serves as a senior pastor of the First Church of God in Benton Heights, Michigan. And that's Jaime Cervantes, one of our own people. And he is here today. Jaime, what a joy to have you here, Hello, brother. Pastor. Man, we're so proud. They showed up at the church with 40 people, and now they have over 200, and God's doing a work. So we've asked them to share the word today. Uh, for the mic guy, I'm leaving this mic on for the next person, so if you could just mute it. But please welcome Jaime Cervantes. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Well, how do I top that, right? <laughs> Good morning, church. Here, we're we're going to do something. We're going to do something that I, we do at my church every Sunday morning, so we're going to try it here. I'm going to say, welcome to New Beginnings, and you're going to say, the best place to be on a Sunday morning. You ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome to New Beginnings. The best place to be on a Sunday morning. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Amen. This is a great place to be on a Sunday morning. Uh, church, my name is Jaime Cervantes. I am the pastor at the First Church of God in Benton Heights. And, and uh, it's a privilege to be here with all of you celebrating our pastor in this ministry. And um, so on behalf of my wife and I, thank you so much for, for having us. Um, I, and I want to thank Pastor Richard for allowing me, uh, for, for the privilege of, of trusting me to bring the word to his people this morning, to God's people this morning. And so for those of you who don't know me, I, I was once a part of this church. Like so many of you that are here this morning, um, New Beginnings is where I got my new beginning. And, and over 
I don't know, it was just over six years ago, I walked into this church a completely broken person. I, I was addicted, I was divorced, I was desperate, and I was depressed. But God, but God, he lifted me out of that horrible pit and he put my feet upon a rock and it's here in this church that he began to rebuild my life. I spent a year at under his construction. I, I graduated that program. I graduated from UNM a couple times and I completed the 12-step class that's given here at this church. But you want to know what the most important thing that happened, the coolest thing that happened to me was that my marriage was restored. And so a little after two years that my, that my wife and I were divorced, we were remarried. And my wife Isela is here with me this morning. And I'm so grateful for that. And as if that weren't enough, then the Lord calls me to ministry. And I've now been a pastor for about three, a little over three years. And two weeks from today, I will be ordained as a Church of God pastor. And it, praise God for that. But, but what I want you to know is that it started here. It started here at New Beginnings Church. And it's good to be back. And it's good to be home. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, Father, for, for this amazing place that we can gather at and worship you, Lord, and, and you've heard our voices. You heard our voices in the worship, but now it's time for us to hear your voice, God. So my prayer is that you would clear our minds, that you would prepare the soil in our hearts so that we can receive what it is that you have for each of us this morning. Let your Holy Spirit move among us and move inside of us through this word. Amen. So friends, I, I want to, this morning I want to start by congratulating Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy on 40 years of ministry. 40 years of ministry. That's 40 years, church, of serving God and serving people. 40 years of meeting needs and meeting people right where they are. 40 years of preaching and sharing the gospel, of pointing and leading people to Jesus Christ. Look, just by a show of hands, how many of you have been impacted or influenced by the life and ministry of Pastor Richard Mansfield? Amen. My, life, my hand is up there with yours. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, thank you so much for answering God's call and for all that you've done for us, for, for this church, this city, and, and for God's kingdom. We love you. We love you. Uh, when I accepted the invitation to speak this morning, to preach this morning, I reached out to leadership. I, I called Michael and I said, hey, uh, is there a specific passage or is there a topic that you would like me to bring this morning to, to New Beginnings Church? And the answer I got was this, legacy. The topic is legacy. And so we're, you know, we're celebrating the ministry, the life and the legacy of our pastor this weekend. So why don't you preach about leaving a legacy? And so once I had my topic, I, I did what any good pastor, what any responsible preacher would do, is I asked my uncle Google, what is legacy? <laughs> and I, I got a whole bunch of answers, but here's what I want you to know. I, I, I kind of brought it down to this very simple, bite-sized definition. And here's what it is. Legacy is something that is passed on. Legacy is something that is passed on. And listen, it can take different forms. Like it, it could be material. Oftentimes it is material, money or property that is passed on. Or, or it can be spiritual. 
It can be spiritual, like one's faith, one's ethics and values. You see, church, legacy is not just about leaving something for people. Legacy is about leaving something in people. And, and at the end of life, what, what really, really matters is not what we bought, but what we built. It's not what we got. It's about what we shared. Because life's not just about making a living. It's also about making a difference. And our pastor has done that. And the impact we have on the lives of other people, I want you to know this, that is our legacy. The impact that you have on the life of other people, that is your legacy. And in the case of Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy, the impact that they have had, what they have passed on to so many people in the last 40 years is the gospel. What what they have shared is the most important and valuable thing that we can share with others, and that is the love of of Jesus Christ. Amen. So so let's get into the word of God this morning and see what it has to say, what God has to say to us about this topic about legacy. And our text for today church is found in the Gospel of John. And this morning so if you have your Bible with you, open it up now to the Gospel of John and we're going to be in chapter 1. So please turn with me there now and you are also welcome to follow along on the screen. God's word says this beginning in verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them and said, and following him, and he said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who had heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and he said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Amen. Now this morning, church, we are talking about legacy. And friends, the passage we just read actually fits quite perfectly with our theme. Now, you may have noticed that as we read through the passage, there's kind of a lot going on. There are a lot of characters. There were a lot of names. There's sort of a lot of moving parts, which makes it a little tough to keep up with all that's going on in this story. And so we're going to go through it again, a verse or two at a time, to help us sort out and to help us better understand and really see all that God has for us us this morning. And I don't want you to miss it. So let's look a little closer. Let's go a little deeper and take this scripture in a few verses at a time, kind of a couple bites at a time, beginning with verses 35 and verses 36. And it says this, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, 
And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Friends, the John referred to here in verse 35, it is not John the author. You know, John the disciple. No, that's not who it's talking about. The John that's mentioned here is none other than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, you have to know this church, he was a man of God. He was an incredible evangelist whose popularity and influence and ministry had grown among the people. By the way, do you know anyone like that? Someone whose popularity and influence in ministry has grown among the people? I don't know, it, it rings a bell, doesn't it? As for the two disciples, so that's, so we got John the Baptist. As for the two disciples, we, we know from the text that one of them is Andrew because it tells us in verse 40, and the other disciple is not named. But scholars believe that the other disciple is John the disciple, who is also the writer, okay? He's the author of this gospel. And, and he kind of has a habit of doing this. This not naming himself is, is, is a pattern. It's normal for John. Throughout his gospel, he does not refer to himself by, by name. He often refers to himself by phrases like this, the beloved one, the one that Jesus loves, okay? And so at any rate, it's believed that he's the other disciple in this story. And I want to tell you that that makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to tell you why. Because that places him at the scene, right? It, it puts him splat in the middle of the story, and it explains how he would know all of this, how he would understand all of these events and give us so much detail. So just, let's, just for a review, we have John the Baptist Andrew, and another disciple whom we believe to be John. And, and look at verse 35 again. It says it's John the Baptist and two of his disciples. I don't want you to miss that little detail. They're not disciples of Jesus, not yet. Not yet. At this point, they don't know Jesus. They have yet to meet Jesus. And so what we have here, church, is the story of two people who still don't know Jesus. So it's John and two of his friends, and they're standing there. And this is where it gets really good. As they're standing there, the Lord, Jesus Christ, is walking by. And as he's passing, John says, hey, guys, behold the Lamb of God. Now, John uses this phrase. John the Baptist, he uses this phrase to describe Jesus on multiple occasions. In fact, he does it just a few verses earlier in the same chapter. In John chapter 1, verse 29, it says that he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this, friends, is a very unique title that John the Baptist uses for Jesus but it kind of makes me think a little bit. Listen, think about it. Why not just call him the Messiah? Why wouldn't John just call Jesus the Messiah? After all, Jesus was and Jesus is the Messiah. And listen, John knew that. John knew exactly who Jesus was. And Messiah, by the way, it would have been much, much more appealing. Remember, the people were waiting for the Messiah. The people in that time were hoping for and anticipating the arrival of Messiah. But no, he doesn't call him Messiah. Instead, John calls him the Lamb of God. Why? Why is that? What does that even mean? Here it is, church. According to the Old Testament, 
The way that a person's sins were covered, the way that your sins and my sins would be covered or atoned for was through the sacrifice of a perfect and spotless lamb. And the way that it worked was, it worked this way. You would bring your lamb to the priest and, and who would then look closely look at and examine it for himself. And the priest would have to confirm that your sacrificial lamb was indeed spotless and perfect. And what would happen next? If it passed the examination, what would happen is that you would then put your hands out and touch this lamb. And your sins would then be transferred to that lamb. And then the priest would kill the lamb. So the guilty person is now declared innocent. And the innocent now dies and takes the place of the guilty to make atonement for sin. Are you with me? You're with me, right, Pastor? Are you with me? (laughs) Where did I get that from, huh? Now back to the story. So Jesus walks by, and John the Baptist says to two of his friends, Hey, guys, you see him? You see this man? That's the Lamb of God. And what he was saying, church, what others would have understood if they were there, is that this man that is walking by is perfect, and spotless, and he will one day die for the sins of the world. That's what it means. Behold the Lamb of God. I got to tell you, I really, really, really like John the Baptist. I mean, he was a true evangelist. He was bold, and he told anyone and everyone that he came across about Jesus. By the way, do you know anyone like that? You know, people that, that share their faith, and they're not embarrassed to do it. That, that they tell everyone about Jesus. I know someone like that. I'll give you a hint, okay? I'm only going to give you one. His name rhymes with Richard Mansfield. That's all the hints I'm going to give you today. John the Baptist was one of those people. He was all about pointing people to Jesus, about inviting them to come and see the Lamb of God. And that's exactly what he does for for here for two of his friends. And look what happens when, when John directs their attention to Jesus. I love this. Verse 37. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. They heard and they followed. Brother and sister, if you're a believer, listen, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, what we see here is essentially the same thing that happened to you. Look, somewhere, someone pointed you to Jesus, and you decided to follow him. Folks, this is the blueprint of evangelism right here. That's what happens to the two disciples that were there. They heard and they followed. Now, let's put ourselves in John the Baptist's shoes just for a minute. Let's be the evangelist in the story, okay? When you and I share our faith with others, when we invite them to come and see Jesus Isn't that what we hope happens? Don't we hope that they would just follow Jesus, that they would come and see? I do. That's my hope. Is it always the way it goes? No, no. But would we we like to see it happen? Of course. Yes, that's definitely what, what we hope for. Friends, here's the thing. The only way to find out is to be bold and to try. And the only way we'll reach our family and friends and neighbors is to point them to Jesus and to say to them, behold, the Lamb of God. 
That's our part, okay? That's, that's our role. The rest is in God's hands, and His hands are the best hands. So, so we do what's possible, and we leave the impossible to God. So they heard and they followed. Now, friends, it says that they followed Jesus, but I want you to understand this. It doesn't mean that they're followers of Jesus, at least not yet. Here they are literally following Jesus. They're literally beginning to walk after Jesus. And they're not following him out of commitment. They are following Jesus out of curiosity. And let me just say this, friends. Curiosity about who Jesus is, it isn't a bad thing. Uh, For a lot of us, curiosity came way before commitment, did it not? I mean, it usually does. That's, That's usually the way it is. My sister's agreeing with me. And brother, sister... You may be here today because you are curious about this Jesus. And at some point, someone invited you and pointed you to him. And maybe you're here and you're not yet convinced that he is indeed the Lamb of God. If that's you, I want to encourage you to keep coming back, keep following, and see for yourself. Verse 38. Verse 38 says, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Now notice what happens when they start walking after Jesus, right? They're literally walking after Jesus. And there are these three amazing things that Jesus does. He's, first of all, he notices them. He, he looks at them and he speaks to them. Brother, sister, if you're not yet a follower of Christ, if you don't know him personally, but you're here this morning and you want to know more, you're curious, I want you to know that God notices you and he knows exactly what's going on in your life and he knows exactly what's going on in your heart. He sees you and he wants to speak into your life this morning. And that's exactly what happens here to these two disciples. They're following Jesus, right? I want you to picture this. They're following him, and then finally Jesus just stops. And he turns, right? And he looks at them, and he speaks to them. And when he does, he asks them a great question. He asks us a great question. And the question is simply this. What are you seeking? In other words, what what is it that you want? What are you looking for? What are you after? What what do you desire? What's missing from your life? What are you seeking? Church, this may seem like a really simple question, but it's actually very deep. It's really challenging. It's profound. And look at how they answer. They say, Rabbi, where are you staying? It's kind of an odd answer. I don't know if you think so, but I find it to be really odd. They answer Jesus' question with a question. And on its surface, it feels like they're asking him, I don't know about you, but to me it feels like they're asking him, like, where do you live? Like, where do you stay at, right? But, but that's not it. Let me explain. What they're asking Jesus is, where are you taking us? What they're really asking is, where are we going? We want to go with you. We want to hang out with you. We want to get to know you. We not want to learn from you. That's what we seek. That's what we want. 
And the fact that they call him rabbi, which means teacher, you know what it does? It implies that they want to be his students. They, they now want to be his disciples. They're no longer John's disciples. Now they're saying, we want to be your disciples. Rabbi, where are you staying? And look how Jesus answers them in verse 39, church. He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. I love Jesus' answer. I love his invitation to them. He says, come and you will see. This church is the same beautiful invitation that Jesus Christ makes to all of us. He says, come, come as you are, come with your questions, come with your concerns, Come with your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups, and your heartbreaks. But whatever you do, don't turn around and walk away from me. Just come. Because if you do, you know what will happen? It says it in the text. If you come, you will see. Sorry I dropped the cologne, Pastor. Such a beautiful invitation from the Lord. Come and you will see. Your eyes will be opened. Friends, Jesus Christ is a person of invitation, and we should be as well. A great way to witness to others. Listen, a great way to witness to others is to simply just invite them. Is to just say, hey, come to church with me. Come and see for yourself. And look, look what happens in verse 39. It says that they came and they saw, right? What a concept. Jesus made the invitation. They accepted it. It worked. It worked. And that's how it works. And I'm going to prove to you that it works. Watch this. Do me a favor. Raise your hand if, if you were at some point invited to church. If at some point in your life did somebody... It works. Now, now, now I want you to do something else. Imagine what your life would have been like had that person not invited you. Imagine what your life would be like had that person not invited you. And so often, and I'm not, I'm going to take it easy, Pastor, on them. So often, church, we hope or we just expect that people are just going to come to us. That so often we we think that they're just going to come into the church, that they're just going to show up here, right? And and on occasion, you know what they do, but you know something? We aren't called to wait around and hope that people will invite themselves. That's not what we're called to. We are called to talk about and to point people to Jesus, to invite them to come and to see. We are called to be fishers of men, to be fishers of people. And church, I have news for you. The fish aren't going to jump into the boat all by themselves. That's not how it works. We have to invite them. We have to catch them. We catch them. He cleans them, okay? That's how it works. Back to the story. Back to the story. Verse 39 tells us that Andrew and John stayed with Jesus that day. However, and man, I wish, I wish it wasn't like this. We don't know exactly what they did or what they talked about. The Bible just doesn't tell us. But I'm guessing it was amazing. 
it must have been one incredible experience because it ends up changing them and the entire trajectory of their lives forever. You know why? Because that's what Jesus does. We don't, we don't have the details of what happened that night or of the conversation, but we know it was life changing because look what happens the next day beginning in verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Church, there's a lot here, and I don't want you to miss it. I want us to focus on Andrew for a second. He might be my favorite character in this story. So let's, let's go through his progression, okay? Just, just follow me. John the Baptist, the great evangelist, shares his faith with Andrew, and he points him to Jesus. Okay, we got that. Andrew then goes and sees and looks for himself and examines for himself that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the Lamb of God. But then look what he does next. Verse 41, he first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. That's what he did next. Andrew heard, and then he went, and then he saw, and when he did, he couldn't wait to tell others about Jesus. And the first person that Andrew went looking for to share the good news was his own brother Simon. But, but he didn't just tell him about Jesus. The Bible says he brought him to Jesus, that he led Simon to Christ. Andrew knew that he had some really good news that his lost brother really needed to hear. Andrew knew that he had found the living water and that his own brother was dying of thirst. Andrew knew that he had found the bread of life and that his brother was starving. So he went with urgency and he shared the good news with him. And church We need to have the same urgency that Andrew had for Simon. And we can start with our own families and we can start with our own friends. Look what happens in verse 42. It says, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter. I love this. I, I know I say that a lot, but I really love this. Jesus meets Simon and basically says to him, Simon, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly who you are, and I'm going to change you. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to change your entire life, Simon. Friends, that's what Jesus does. When Jesus shows up, things change. But hear me when I say this. You and I... We can't change or save anyone. Only Jesus can do that. Listen, our pastors, our pastor has impacted a lot of lives, more than you probably will ever know. In 40 years, he has served and ministered to a lot of people. But do you know how many souls our pastor has saved? None. Ask him. Jesus saves. Jesus is the only one who can save. Look, 
You and I are called, we are called to point others to Jesus just like John the Baptist did and just like Andrew did. We're called to live and to love like Jesus. We're called to share our faith and tell people about Jesus. That's what we can pass on to others. That's legacy. And and we don't have to be preachers and teachers either. We, We just have to do what Jesus told us to do in Mark Chapter 5, verse 19, and it's this. Go and tell your friends and your family what great things the Lord has done for you. You can do that. And speaking of great things, look, Peter Peter went on to do some really, really great things. In fact, Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that one on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached a really powerful sermon. And you know what happened The Bible says that more than 3,000 people accepted Christ that day and the church was born. Peter became this amazing evangelist, preacher, and leader of the church. And you know something? Don't miss this. That only happened because Andrew brought him to Christ. And because of it, thousands of people came to know Jesus through Peter's ministry. Look, yeah, it's, it's amazing, really, the progression here. Church, earlier this week, I, I called Pastor Richard, and I, and I asked him, I kind of wanted to talk about the sermon today a little bit, and I asked him this question. I said, Pastor, who brought you to Jesus? I want to know, you know, because he's a Peter, right? He's, he's our Peter. I want to know, who brought you to Jesus? And I thought that he would tell me a great story of how a great pastor preached a great sermon and he answered the altar call. I thought he was going to tell me the story of of an evangelist like John the Baptist or, or some other great speaker that led him to Christ. But that's not how it happened. Instead, Pastor Richard told me how his next door neighbor led him to Jesus. His next door neighbor. It wasn't a Peter It was someone like Andrew who brought him to Christ. And over the last 40 years, Pastor Richard and this ministry have touched thousands of people in this city. He's our Peter. But can I tell you something? There's no Peter without Andrew. I'll say it again. There are no Peters without Andrew. And there's no Richard Mansfield without his neighbor, this godly man named Felix. Without Felix, there's no Pastor Richard. That man is the Andrew in Pastor Richard's life. Wow. And let me, let me give you this really cool, some cool side notes about Andrew. I, this, this is something else. Andrew's name only appears in John's gospel two more times. Really briefly, very much in passing. Two more times in the entire gospel, that's it. Just twice more. He's mentioned in chapter 6 of John. He's mentioned again in chapter 12 of John. And both times that he's mentioned, you know what he's doing? He's bringing someone to Jesus. You gotta love Andrew. And one of those people, you're gonna love this church, one of those people that he brings to Jesus is this little boy who had five loaves and two fish. You remember him? Jesus is preaching to thousands of people and they're hungry. And Simon and Andrew's the one who brings the little boy with his five loaves and two fish. He brings this little boy to Jesus. And you know what Jesus does? He uses that little boy to feed thousands. 
And Andrew brings his brother Simon to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus does? He uses him to feed thousands. See that? Isn't that cool? Doesn't that just, oh, it gets me so excited. Church, here's what I want you. If you listen to anything I say today, listen to this. Church, you never know what Jesus will do with the people that you bring to him. You, amen. You never know what Jesus will do with the people that you bring to him. Andrew wasn't, man, I'm just dropping everything. I will stop, pastor. You're going to have to forgive me. I get really excited. Listen, I don't have a pulpit at my church, and now I think I know why. (laughs) Sorry, Pastor. Listen, church, Jesus, Andrew wasn't a preacher like his brother Peter. He wasn't a mega evangelist like John the Baptist. He just shared his faith, and he brought people to Jesus. And friends, we don't have to be theologians or, or, or seminary professors to point others to Jesus Christ. All we have to do, all we have to do is tell our family, our friends, and our neighbors, because your neighbor might be <laughs> our family, our friends, and our neighbors, what great things the Lord has done for you. Has God been good to you, church? Has God done great things in your life? Then tell your family and your friends what great things he's done for you. Verse 43, this is the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Okay, look, we got, we're going to get through this really quickly. Verse 43, we're introduced to this new character and his name is Philip. And it tells us that Jesus found Philip. That's very important. And then Jesus tells him, follow me. Verse 44, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. So after accepting Jesus' invitation, verse 45 tells us that Philip then goes and does the exact same thing that Andrew did. He goes out, he finds his own brother, and he shares the good news. Now, it's kind of funny because even though verse 43 tells us that Jesus found Philip, in verse 45, Philip says that he found Jesus. Did you catch that? (laughs) And Andrew says the same thing, actually, back in verse 41. But the truth is, church, the truth is that Jesus found them. Friends, I don't know about you, But I didn't find Jesus. He definitely found me. We don't find Jesus. Let me tell you something. He's not the one who's lost, okay? We don't find Jesus. He finds us. There's a great scene in the movie Forrest Gump. And some of you have seen it. And it's a scene where Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan are reunited, right? Years after the war. They're reunited. They're in this hotel room. They're talking. And Lieutenant Dan, he looks at Forrest and he says, Hey, Forrest. Have you found Jesus? And Forrest says, I didn't even know I was supposed to be looking for him. (laughs) We don't find Jesus. Jesus finds us. And he uses, and church, he uses people to help find us. He uses Peter's, sure, but he also uses Andrew's. He uses people like our pastor, but he also uses people like you.
the beginning, I told you that legacy is something that is passed on. You remember that? Legacy is something that we pass on. And the most important and valuable thing that we can share and pass on to others, the thing that this ministry has been sharing and passing on to others for four decades is Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. But it's not just Pastor Richard who has a legacy. Each and every one of us needs to think about our own legacy too. And look, while we can't all be preachers like Peter or mega evangelists like John the Baptist, we can all be like Andrew. And that's what my prayer is for you, New Beginnings. Listen. The desire of my heart for you, the desire of your pastor for you, is that New Beginnings would be the epicenter of a revival in the city of Albuquerque. That it would start here. But what New Beginnings Church needs, what this church needs, and what the church of Jesus Christ across the world needs, is churches full of Andrews. That's how it's going to happen. People that would share the good news with the people that they love the most. And I want to leave you with that last, with that passage from Mark chapter 5, verse 19, that simply says, go home, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, how much the Lord has done for you. That's it. That is the message. That is the legacy. And that, my friends, is what God is calling us to do. And at the very end of the passage, in verse 45, the last thing Philip says is, come and see. And so this morning, church, in closing, I want you to bow your heads right where you are. I want us to just, I know that there are a lot of us here that struggle to share our faith outside of, outside of the church, maybe at work, maybe with your friends in your personal life. Maybe you struggle to do that and you're saying, Pastor, I really want to. I really, really do. I just struggle to do it. Would you pray for me? I want to be more like Andrew. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you if that's you. Amen, 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 amen. My hand's up with you. That's a lot of hands. Praise the Lord. I also want you to know, church, that the altar's open. If, there's, if you just came and you just need to seek, you want to bring your petitions to God, you want to bring praise, or you just want to seek his presence, do it. If it has nothing to do with the sermon I preach, please come up. The altar's open. But I also know that there are people here today that maybe are just curious about Jesus. Maybe you've just heard about Jesus. Maybe you're here, but you're not yet committed to Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, brother, sister, and you want to give your life to Christ this morning, and you want to turn that curiosity into commitment and start walking with the Lord for the rest of your days, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to ask you, brothers and sisters, there's at least half a dozen of you to come forward. I want to pray with you. I really do. I want to pray with you. Come forward. Come to the altar. Amen. Amen. Amen.
those of you that are still there, I just want you to pray. Pray for each other. Pray for one another. Pray for the friends and family and neighbors that you want to share this good news with. Why don't we start praying for them now too? So right there where you are, start praying for those people that you love the most that still don't know the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much, God. Thank you. You are so good. Even when we're not, you're still good. Thank you, Lord, for this word, for this incredible passage. Thank you, God, for that your Holy Spirit is clearly here and moving in our lives, God. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for this, for this ministry, God, and all that it's done in our lives, Lord. But we know that the best is yet to come. We're convinced of that, Father. And we want to be a church that's full of Andrews, Lord, that's full of people who are willing to share the living water, the bread of life with, with the people that need it the most in our city. And we just pray, God, that this would be the epicenter of a revival in a city that so desperately needs it, God. There are people up here right now, Lord, that are making commitments to you, that have decided that behold the Lamb of God and that they are going to go after you, God. And I just pray, Father, for each person that's, that's right now repenting of their sins. God, forgive us for our sins. Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to do life with you. Wherever you lead, we want to go. And we recognize that you never promised us easier, but you did promise us that life would be better. And we believe in that promise today, Lord. May this be their new beginning, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want to give the people that are up here the opportunity to continue to pray. I don't want to interrupt that. So for the rest of you, brothers and sisters, would you stand with me? Oh, we have, yeah. David? Yeah, please. Church, we just want to make one last announcement that we're really excited about you. Many of us are here, uh, who were here there on Friday night at the convention center to celebrate 40 years of ministry with Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy. And this Friday, we also want to celebrate that. Uh, and one very special announcement that we're excited about is um, the state of New Mexico also wants to honor the work that our pastors, that our, that our friends have been doing here for the last 40 years. And straight out the governor's office, we, if you look at these fancy little plaques, Officially, uh, October 22nd, 2022 is Pastor Richard Mansfield Day. And so we want to celebrate that church. And I believe Pastor Richard's making his way up here. I, I believe he's got some words for us real quick. Give him a round of applause. Come on. What an amazing day. Father, thank you for Pastor Hyman, the word he brought. There's men and women at this altar and that came to this altar that, Lord, were invited. Father, thank you. 
that they said yes to come here, but mainly that they said yes to you. Lord, raise up a church of Andrews that were inviters all the time, inviting people to come to know the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in your mighty, supernatural, resurrected name. Amen. Guys, I just want to let you know, you guys have spoiled us amazingly this weekend. Friday was amazing. Today has just, just this whole weekend has been phenomenal. Some people said, does this mean you're retiring? No, I'm just getting retreaded. I'm getting retreaded. Look, I, I don't believe God is calling me to step down yet. I, I'm going to get a new hip, and I'm going to be able to just really be moving faster and faster. I want to see this church continue to reach the lost, the, line, the dying and lost people of Albuquerque and beyond. I want to see us continue to disciple people and make amazing leaders and to raise up other pastors and missionaries, men and women that have been called into ministry to go forth and continue to do a great work. I'm believing that God is going to raise up a man of God that is going to come and take this pulpit when I hand the torch over, and it's going to be a man filled with the wisdom and the Spirit of God. And I believe that that person... We're going to start really pray, 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 pray with us that God raise up that right person. And in three years, we're hoping to bring that person on staff. And, in, and he'll be with us for two years, training and teaching everything we do here. And then we'll pass the torch. So you need to be riding this train for a long time, baby. Because I'll tell you what. When I take the heavenly train home, I want to know from the stands up in heaven, look down, that New Beginnings was all about Jesus Christ, the risen King, and raising people up to serve Him. Amen? And we're going to do an amazing job of doing that. Thank you for supporting my wife, Cindy, and I for 40 years, guys. It's been an amazing journey. And I thank you, Jaime, for the amazing work God did a lady just came to me this morning and said, oh my gosh, Pastor, my mama just died, and her name was Maria, and she's with Jesus right now. But she came to church. She just died last week. She goes, but I had to come to church because I invited my friend to come to church. And I saw her friend at the, at the altar today, and I just said, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. So be encouraged. Invite someone. So next Sunday, we want you to bring a friend. Amen? We love you, church. God bless you. So let's just pray as we're dismissed. And I think they have some cake, right? They have some cake and some refreshments. They really hope you'll stay to celebrate. But Father, thank you. Thank you for Pastor Jaime. Thank you for Isela. How you restored their marriage. Just like you restored mine. How you restored his life. Like you restored mine. Thank you for the Andrew in his life. Like Felix and Sylvia Gonzalez in our life. Father, might your name be glorified. My Father God, what took place today, just be the beginning of supernatural move of your spirit. 
Father God, we commission everyone online and everyone in this room that heard this sermon today, whether first and second service, that Father God, you have commissioned them, Lord, not me. You have commissioned us as Andrews to go tell our family and friends about Jesus. And I pray this in Christ's name. And God's people that agree, say amen. Love you, church. Bless you.